This is what a capacity crowd looks like. Real-time voting as you're looking at it, real-time counting, live on international television. Every four years, America experiences this amazing roller coaster of competition, politics, good old red, white, and blue-blooded democracy. CNN projects Ted Cruz, the Republican senator from Texas, will win the Iowa caucuses. A major And this year, 2016, started out just like any other. Both major parties were geared and ready for the primaries, which would end with a selection of their presidential candidate. The Democrats, more or less, were going in with a sure thing. Hillary Clinton had ran against current U.S. President Barack Obama eight years ago and has since waited patiently as Secretary of State to take another swing at it. When the primaries kicked off, everyone knew it was Hillary's game to lose. And in the meantime, we have states, governors, doing everything they can to restrict women's rights. Republicans, eight years out of the Oval Office, might not have had as much of a sure thing, but anxious and ready to go, they had plenty to pick from. Familiar candidates made a return from four years prior. The wide-eyed youth of any age that haven't given up on the hope that tomorrow can and will be better. And familiar names took the stage as the Bush family returned to the race yet commander again. commander-in-chief that will have the back of the military I won't trash talk. I won't be a divider-in-chief or an agitator-in-chief. I won't be out there blowharding, talking a big, big... Everyone was ready for just another plain old election season. Classic Democrats up against classic Republicans. The same portrait of the U.S. presidential election we'd come to expect time and time again. One whose likeness captured the American people perfectly. Or does Look it? at how close it's getting right now. 50% for Hillary Clinton, 49% for Bernie Sanders, 73% of the uh, caucus sites reporting. It's getting closer and closer and closer. Pretty crazy thing happened this year. As the standard politicians we'd come to know kept up their usual routine, it seemed like the American people wanted something with a bit of a different flavor. The only people that I would ever appoint to the Supreme Court are America's greatest generations in our past or our best days yet ahead? We must unite the Republican Party as women. because our doing so is the first step towards uniting all Americans. The question is not whether all Americans but can or will But I do question her judgment. I question a judgment which voted for the war in Iraq. The worst foreign policy blunder in the history of this country. Anyone following or anyone who couldn't escape the storm that was the primaries saw two candidates rise to the front lines on each side. Bernie Sanders put Hillary into a check no one was expecting as Donald Trump riled his Republican adversaries to the core. Focus on identifying quickly removing the most dangerous While in opposite parties, and as total opposites themselves, I couldn't help but notice one odd similarity between the two. Justice, okay? We are going to... Each of them made their impact in the exact same way, by being too much. Too much of a Democrat, more conservative, more wacky or more flashy. As I thought of what the core values of each of these parties are... Yeah, okay, and so, as far as what is a Democrat and a Republican... And I kept thinking about what these candidates had to say... We will build a great wall along the southern border. In Mexico, they have shown themselves to be fraudulent organizations endangering the well-being of our economy. If elected president, 
I will break them up. We've got legislation to do that. I couldn't help but think that these men were walking. Historically, they started with living animals that became their representation, you know, the donkey and, Breathing. Uh, and the elephant. So uh, they are parodies. They're caricatures in this. Caricatures. I'm Corey Lally, and this is Exaggerated Features. And my goal to cover everything caricature, I wanted to know if these guys were it. So who better to talk to than political illustrator and professor? So uh, I'm Steve Brodner. I am a graphic artist, a journalist, commentator, political cartoonist, caricaturist, all-around crazy artist. Been doing it a long time. Uh, since before college, I got my start uh, as a political cartoonist on newspapers locally in Brooklyn in the early 70s. And that makes me an old guy, but um, I'm old and on the make. Also? All right. Uh, well, my name is John Michael Howard. Um, I've got a, a full-time job and then my, my caricature job, which hopefully will turn into a full-time job at some point. I haven't introduced myself, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Alan Schmertzler. Um, been a member of ISCA for, well, this will be my seventh convention I joined in 20, 20, 2009, actually. Exaggerated Features is produced for ISCA, the International Society of Character Artists, featuring Anthony Jeffois and Maria Picasso, also starring Mad Magazine's Tom Richmond and famed illustrator Stephen Sober. Register for the convention and become an ISCA member today at caricature.org. So it's always been my opinion that by definition, caricatures don't just have to be silly pictures of faces. A caricature is um, an intelligent teasing out of truth. Well, it, in the broad sense of caricature is you can caricature anything in writing or in music. So when the political race started, I knew, I just knew I had to do this episode. I mean, how are these guys not caricatures? I mean, maybe not of faces, but of ideas, specifically Republican or Democratic ideas. They just seem like such obvious exaggerations to me. Uh, you know, I, I believe a character is uh, taking something that, you know, that somebody sees some some actual, well, actual person, actual uh, animal, actual event and uh, and taking it and, and exaggerating portions of it, you know, that you think stand out and basically exaggerating it, you, you know, just a little bit or a lot, but so long as the the person or the animal or the event still stays recognizable as that person or animal or event, you know. Basically, it's a likeness 
But as any great character artist can tell you, when you're drawing a face, you can't just go stretching features willy-nilly. You've got to know what to exaggerate first. Or in this case, if I'm asking if Bernie Sanders and or Donald Trump are caricatures of their parties, I need to figure out what it means to be in that party. You know, there's there's things and, you know, I'm like I said, I'm no, no political guru or no uh, uh, political major or nothing like that, political science or whatever. But from what I've seen and, and what I've read and how I see things in the world according to myself, the things that I can I can see that that really stand the the Republicans apart is or things that they actually it seems like that they actually uh, believe in are basically small government, small business growth. They're pro life. They support the right to keep and bear arms, uh, religious liberties. They're more traditional, uh, more conservative. Obviously, uh, they go for the traditional marriage. Uh, protection of national symbols like the flag and the Pledge of Allegiance and stuff like that. Uh, and to me, I mean, that's that's what I see the Republican Party as. The Republican is, is the cowboy. And so the, whereas the cowboy, the image is the lone, the lone wolf, the lone gunman, the independent, the person who's fighting w- without the uh, collective unit, uh, you're on your own. Yeah. Um, you, you, what happens to you is what follows when you put your boots on and, and you go out there and uh, do what you do. So the cowboy, you know, is independent, rural, uh, has their guns for protecting themselves, uh, and wants minimal intervention by the government because uh, don't you know. I homesteaded, it's my land. Don't tell me how to use the water, the land, uh, cut down trees, regulations, etc. And the Democrats uh, are obviously more liberal. I think that they look for a larger larger role in the government uh, that we've got. Uh, they want to protect, uh, I guess, protect voting rights and, and rights of individuals. They they're really big on climate change. A lot of their talking points are about uh, having having access for for healthcare and for affordable education uh, for everyone. They're definitely for more gun control, and uh, and they're pro-choice is what I see. They're the main the main factors of basically either being a Democrat or being a Republican, as far as you know. And, and you know, not everybody agrees with all those, but but I think as far as something to start off with starting points i think that's what the republican values compared to democratic values are if i were to characterize what is the pole of the democratic party i would call it the unionist blue collar hard hat uh person who goes clocks in you know it's not on a salary mostly but he clocks in he she clocks in So, we're in the theme park, drawing caricatures. Caricatures here, get your caricatures, step right up, get your caricature here. And everyone walking around, everyone visiting this park, represents the idea of a Republican or the idea of a Democrat. And two people walk up 
ready to get drunk. Bernie is a lifelong activist. He's been a progressive. He marched with Martin Luther King. This is a man who's devoted his life to his principles. Of, of the three, he is absolutely the most unshakable in his principles of, of anyone. And, uh, and in a debate of any kind or any discussion, you will hear Bernie Sanders able to reason out his point of view thoroughly because he's, he's learned, he's, he's scholarly, he's read, he knows, and, does, and, and unlike Hillary, he doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. Hillary, on the other hand, cares deeply what people think, and that is why she, her opinions are, sound so mitigated. And that's uh, so Bernie has got this hair thing going on where he looks like a professor. He looks like a your progressive professor from liberal arts college, former radical. He never really felt okay about doing what we do with shaving your hair down, uh, and uh, and he's uh, he's just always kind of looking out into the into the clouds. He's almost like always talking to God, you know, uh, and and uh, he's very connected to his principles and to um, impersonal, uh, powerful points of view that have everything to do with um, a very cultivated uh, um, level of understanding about the way the world works, uh, but but somehow uh, not connected in a personal way the way politicians usually are. Trump, on the other hand, is all about excess. When you draw Donald Trump, you're drawing this, this massive character that's just too much of everything. He's too fat, he's too tall, too much hair, too much screaming, too much uh, behavior, um, and it's all about him. It's all about his ego and all about his selling of his e ego. And it's not really about his policy because he really doesn't have any policy. And the proof of that is he he disagrees with himself every other day. He he contradicts himself sometimes in the course of one sentence. Like during the debate, he uh, he mentioned that um, he would absolutely never use a nuclear weapon. And then the next line was, "Well, we can't take that off the table." Well, which is it? You can't never use a nuclear weapon or keep it on the table. It's either on the table, it's off the table, Donald. But Donald doesn't think. Donald reacts. And when people start hopping, hopping up and down like kangaroos when he talks about birtherism and that the president was not born in the country, he just says that he's more of that because he sees it selling, right? So he wants to, he's about selling things. So for me, it's all about great big masses of growing, you know, um, uh, physicality and, and, and occupation of a space. But also I noticed about Trump that his features are very, very tiny. His eyes are tiny, his nose is tiny, and his teeth are very, very, very small, like, like baby teeth. Like he never lost his baby teeth, which is really fun to draw. He's got this big, big <laughs> face, little tiny mouth, and the mouth is kind of vertical. It's kind of vaginal, right? Uh, which is for somebody who has these ugly things to say about women, very interesting <laughs> to have a mouth that looks like a vagina. And, and uh, he's all orange, which also talks about, you know, somebody who's vain, needs to be under the sun lamp or sprays some kind of color on his face all the time. And, he, and, and for all the money he has or claims to have, he, he can't seem to buy a suit that looks good. 
he seems to be wearing cheap suits all the time. <laughs> These awful black suits and a red tie, which I wore when I was in grade school. We had assembly, and you had to wear a red tie, something like that. And here's, you know, this man who claims to be so well off, uh, looking like, uh, you know, a, a cheap used car dealer uh, who can't cope with the fact that he's he's losing his hair. So you could put this all in his, all in the pictures that you do about Trump. An emptiness, uh, an emotional instability, a, a vanity, all these things that, that uh, you would never want in a president of the United States. chair are these guys the caricatures i think they are yeah i think i think donald trump is is right on with the uh, with the republican values uh as far as they're laid out from what i can tell um he seems to you know from from what i've what i've read and what i've listened to and, and what i've seen he seems to be for uh uh business growth uh I, i'm not necessarily sure you know all the candidates seem like that they waver one way or the other you know that they don't their their views aren't 100 percent concrete you know they they move from side to side all the time it seems like just depending on whichever way the, the 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 votes can come from but uh as far as pro-life you know i don't know that he's necessarily 100 percent pro-life uh i'm sure there's things out there that you know, where he's talked about uh, pro-choice, but uh, uh, he does seem very patriotic. He seems like the protecting of the national symbols, you know, the flag, uh, a pledge of allegiance seem like they're pretty, pretty important to him from what I've seen. Obviously, small government, he thinks that the government is, you know, big enough and needs to be, needs to be drawn down. He, he seems like he's for uh, traditional marriages and, uh, the religious liberties, you know, and, and not just, you know, the religious liberties of, you know, one specific religion or two specific religions, but of all religions give, you know, the equal equal amount of protection, which it seems like kind of 
some things are not necessarily, I don't know. So it, to me, it seems like the things aren't necessarily uh, uh, equally protected. It seems like the stuff are, uh, you know, the political correct, correctness in today's society seems to overshadow a lot of things. But but getting back on the on the track, I think that I think that uh, that Trump really does adhere to a lot of the the values of the Republican Party that I, you know, from from my opinion, yeah. from my viewpoint. With those thoughts, do you find Trump to be a caricature of the Republican Party's values, or do you think he's actually pretty close to home? Well, um, yeah. If you take if you take out you know you know the sound bites and stuff of of you know the the things that get get thrown out there, you know the his tape that came out recently and uh, what he said about women and. Uh, if you if you take out the the mudslinging that the that the parties throw at each other, and you just look at what they seem to be seem to be projecting as far as their uh, their agenda or their their political views, I think he is a a, a caricature of the of the Republican Party. He's 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 on he's right on the, the the message of the Republican Party I think, um, but he's taking it to another level. Uh, he's he's basically exaggerated it I think because uh, he is more vocal. He is you know he he's definitely not politically correct. Uh, he's he says what he thinks, and sometimes that's not always good. I mean. I, I try my best not to not to say what I think all the time because of that same reason, you know. I mean, you get you get labeled and branded sometimes, but but um, but he he takes like you know uh, say the small government, you know. I mean, he he thinks that the government should be uh, should be brought down and not have as much pull on the states and stuff, and and you know. But he he's gone so far as to say, you know, he you know I guess. Uh, started rambling okay. lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> this political process just stinks to me but yeah. uh what's i i feel like what you're saying is really on par with your definition of caricature too and what i'm getting in a lot of interviews is that it's exaggerated but a caricature still has a, a base in reality and i i feel like right you know and stop me if i'm wrong but i kind of hear you saying that yeah he's exaggerated but you feel that his his core beliefs are still based in that of the Republican Party. <clears throat> exactly, and 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 when you think about it, I mean, this, you know, the whole purpose in this process right now is to get everybody to vote, you know, a certain a certain way, yeah. and um, or get the majority of people to vote a certain way. And so, you know, you you can't you can't draw that emotion and, and bring that emotion out in people. To get them to say, "Oh, well, I got to go out and vote. I got to go out and vote because this is, you know, just this is terrible if it goes the other way or, or whatever." You can't get that, which is somebody that just says, "You know, well, I'm for this. I'm for that. I'm for this." I mean, you really have to have uh, someone that really exaggerates the platform because that's what what builds the the emotion, you know. And, and that's emotion is going to be what gets people to go out there because if people aren't emotional about it they're just like ah, well it's just another day yeah. and you know if, if i get a chance to go vote i'll go go vote so i think i mean it's it and you know they make it sound so terrible but and i think it's a mess anyway but uh 
but really, I mean, the with the candidates that we have, it's really gotten a lot more people to be talking about this election than what would be happening normally. And even if it's, you know, even if it's not uh, the type of campaigns or the type of of candidates we've had in the past, hey, it gets people talking, and gets people talking, gets people thinking, and more people are involved in the conversations, whether they're, you know, talking out their backside or if they actually have, you know, some some facts behind, you know, what they're saying. Uh, it's still, it gets people to talk and it gets more people involved in it. And the more people that get involved in it, the more people that are going to go vote. And the more people that go and vote, the more fair uh, results it will be, I think. I, I think, but, but, uh, but, yeah, I think he's a, a good, a good example of an extreme exaggeration of of the Republican Party. I don't, I don't think they could have gotten anybody else. That everybody else would have been so deadpan, and they would have been like, oh yeah, this is just another, yeah, another Republican, another Republican. Trump will turn this into uh, another way to try to exploit his yeah. capitalist leanings. Now, Bernie, I don't know what Bernie's going to do here. Um, uh, in politics, people people die, but ideas live on. I mean, I, I think we've seen people claim at least Trump's um, allusions to fascism, uh, Nazism. Uh, uh, if Bernie were the nominee against Donald Trump, it would have been fascinating to see where the arguments would have gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure they would have pulled everything out of the Nixon, Reagan, Hoover, McCarthy playbook to caricaturize Bernie as being some, you know, radical pinko communist subversive. Um, so that's where, you know, that's where I see them. I don't think the Democratic Party will move as far to the Bernie. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be a realignment for the Republican Party. It's going to be spanked badly. So um, they all have their own thing that you would you would caricature, but but those things, in my view have to be linked to who they are as people. Yeah. Understand your your subject and then allow that information to infuse the way you render them. Awesome. Illustration okay. is all about story. It's all about, that's what makes an illustration different from any other kind of art, okay? If you go to the Museum of, uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art and you look at all these paintings, um, they are, uh, not necessarily about story, but if you look in the Society of Illustrators annual book or Communication Arts or American Ill, that's the one thing we all have in common. It's our job to tell a story. So if you're a caricaturist and you're not paying attention to the story, even if it's a story of, you know, a some uh, secretary who's sitting down uh, and you're not paying attention to uh, what kind of vibe you're getting from this person, 
then you're not doing your complete job, I think, as a caricature artist. <clears throat> but I think 90% of them do because it's an instinctive thing. And you learn finally when you're doing thousands of caricatures, which I did live, that the successful ones are the ones, the ones that people laugh at are the ones where you really picked something up, you know, where you really, you really uh, um, reflected some kind of truth back. And, and that's when it's, that's when you've hit a home run. As somebody who follows politics real closely, you mentioned, and I think this is where I, I see the caricature in people themselves. Not that, oh, this is how I would draw Bernie Sanders, but that uh, Sanders and or Trump is a caricature. That if you, you mentioned that the Democratic Party has been taken over by progressives. I think in general people think of Democrats that think, okay, some social programs, a higher minimum wage, these basic things. And Bernie came in swinging saying 15 not just a little higher let's go 15 dollars. let's go Living for free wage. schools yeah on the other side of that coin conservatives are you know a little more strict about uh immigration a little more nervous about uh conflict overseas and trump comes swinging saying no let's build an entire wall let's ban all the muslims um you know th i feel like we have these two candidates that have created a, a super progressive left and now the the alt-right as they call it which is all from exaggerating these these core party beliefs. How, as somebody who's followed politics for a long time, I guess I'm just curious how you feel watching this. Do you feel the divide is growing greater? Is it does it is it something that should make us nervous? Is it exciting to see uh, a more progressive left for you as opposed to this more aggressive right? Would it be more comforting to see something in the middle? I guess I'm just curious on your opinions, as it seems the two sides become more and more polarized. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of our big problems is communication, that um, we, uh, we can't really discuss issues anymore. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with um, very clever people who are trying very hard to manipulate um, voters for profit there's an awful lot that we can work together on. Uh, I don't believe it's a country that uh, it, it is, it consists of either uh, lefties or alt-right. People who have open minds who will understand that on certain issues you have to move left and on other issues you have to move right. And then you have horse trading and compromise, which this whole thing was supposed to be about. The Founding Fathers never had this idea that we were going to gerrymander districts into twisted pretzels so that, you know, only somebody like Michelle Bachman or Trey Gowdy could win a congressional election. How about this Gary Johnson, who's running for the conservative, the libertarian uh, presidential, uh, who's running on the libertarian party, who can't name foreign leaders, doesn't know where Aleppo is. Um, you won't have that anymore. You won't have these people rising into politics because they say, well, I'm, you know, I'm conservative and I hate this person. It won't be about who you hate. It'll be about what your ideas are and what you think. So that's what my hope is, that we have a, a we end this gerrymandering. We have um, a, a polity where it's about people actually understanding that we have a diverse country. We're not getting rid of the brown people. You know, they're here. Indians from India, Indians from uh, America, um, Asians, 
people from Africa, Nigerians, uh, Arabs, Israelis. That's the, the country we have. And, and uh, let's just accept that and not think, think that somehow we can go back to 1953. But even in 1953, we had a diverse country. We just kept those people uh, in a box. And it took the civil rights movement to let them out of the box. And yeah, they were gays. They were gays in the military. They were, they were lesbians. They were, you know, America was always diverse. It's just that now more and more people are saying, uh, I'm equal. I have the right to be seen as much as anyone else. And, uh, and that's a good thing. And I, and I do think we have a shot at straightening this out. But right now, I think Donald Trump is the result of a, of a sick perversity in our system and in our media. And, uh, and I think that that could end. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty hopeful yeah. lefty. Good, that's exciting. <laughs> So it seems like they are caricatures, but it's important to remember that caricatures also have to get a likeness. I'm not sure if this is bad news or good news or what it means, but as much as I or you or anyone might like to think that Bernie Sanders is too hokey to have ever made it, or that Donald Trump is too, well, whatever Donald Trump is, that he's a once in a lifetime happenstance. I think the reality is, no matter how far out or caricature-like they seem, they have a likeness to their parties and what those parties believe. Maybe then it's the candidates in the middle that have the least likeness. Maybe. But we'll have to wait and see again in another four years. Thanks for listening to another episode. I hope you all enjoyed. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your podcast provider. And most importantly, please rate and review. They really help to get the podcast out there, and with it, the world of caricatures. ISCA convention is right around the corner, so register, if you haven't already, at caricature.org. If you need to stock up for supplies like I do, stock up at the local Blick Art Supply Store, who is a proud sponsor of this year's convention. A huge thanks goes out to our interviewees, Steve Brodner, Alan Schmertzler, and John Michael Howard, their thoughts and mine are not representative of ISCA as a whole, nor do I claim anything in this episode to be 100% fact. If you're really interested, do your own research, form your own opinion, and if you'd really like to, get out and vote. If you'd like to see our guests' artwork or learn more about them or more about this podcast, visit us at exaggeratedfeatures.com. Thanks, and as always, stay well. Life is very short. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Have a good time, and, and tell the truth as much as you can. And I think that's it. <laughs>